And this is the Expansion Mansion. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Expansion Mansion. Two match days in, and like I said, the most exciting league in the world. Here to definitely agree with me is Max Bredos. I like it. It's, uh, it's a point you've made in the past, and you're sticking with it, and eventually people will come, come join you on your side. Just it is like, the most exciting. Just like you, I'm, I'm bought. Definitely top eight. Absolutely. <laughs> top, top eight. Okay, top eight. Vince LaRosa with us as well. Welcome, Vince. I agree with you, but I have to disagree on principle because that's our dynamic. Yeah. It is, it's, it is our dynamic? I'm setting a tone. Okay, man. Wow, I'm just trying to be here and have fun. There's a reason here. why you're that far away from me at this table. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know you could call that Yeah, why don't we get to the show? By the way, yeah. good attire from you two guys today. Thank you. Is that silk? Yeah. feel it. Very nice. Look at that. It feels very nice. Anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> while these two jokers fool around over here, uh, don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel and hit that bell icon to be notified when we're going live so you can be a part of this every week. Let's get right into the biggest storylines and topics that are circulating through the world of social media. It's time to see what's hashtag trending, right? There you there go. Hashtag, right? Trending. Hashtag, trending. hashtag trending. Okay, let's start in the Lone Star State where Houston, we have liftoff. I can't believe I had to say that, but I did. You did. With Hector Herrera. So Hector Herrera has joined Houston as a designated player. Probably, are we saying top two Mexican player? Top three Mexican player? Where, where does he rank? Most active many, Mexican player? Many Mexican yes. soccer fans rate him number one because of the position he plays and the importance he does. I think I'd probably put him third or fourth on my list. Mm -hmm. Still very highly up there and a specialist and a guy who's played at an incredible level for some big name clubs. Okay, any concerns? This is the age-old MLS question, so let's try to debunk it. Any concerns heading into a World Cup about Hector Herrera leaving a European powerhouse for the Houston Dynamo? And I'm not trying to put down the Houston Dynamo. I just mean North America, MLS in general. Any concerns? I have no concerns for this. I think it's a great move for Houston. I think this you're getting a player who's still in his prime, the captain for El Tree right now. Uh, I think it's a win-win for all parties involved, and he, he's going to get paid like one, like one of the stars of MLS, too. So uh, we'll see what happens. And he's going to play. Yes. And, and look, he is of an older age, but I don't think he's one of these players that is coming to MLS to just retire straight away. I think now you're seeing this upward trend of players in their prime coming to, to MLS, whether that's Insigne, whether that's a Carlos Vela, whether that's a Hector Herrera. So I, I like this trend. It's such an important position to play. He's going to have a three-and-a-half-year deal. I think the back end of the year, deal, it'll probably be diminished. Uh, but I think for uh, a, certainly a year and a half, uh, it's a guy who's going to make this Houston Dynamo midfield really illuminate and get people in attack. I love it as a nice piece. You get the extra clout because he's a Mexican international, which will draw some interest, certainly down there in South Texas. So uh, it's, uh, it's a nice move. But we also have to keep in mind uh, he can probably come in a little hot on some tackles. So you may see a, a red card or two. kind of like that. And I like I that. I like that, yeah. I like that. little yeah. attitude. You know who we like? Who? A lot of people. Okay. Well, you guys, you guys can By take... Way, some people are saying Hector Herrera is the top Mexican. Thank you, Thickety. I, I believe it. And you can take our word for it, but we're going to bring someone <laughs> in that really knows about this subject. Yeah. To learn more about Herrera's impact with Houston, we're going to bring in Dynamo lead commentator and former pro, Glenn Davis. Glenn Davis joining the show. Glenn, how are you doing? Guys, thank you. It looks great on that set. Uh, pretty impressive, and uh, it's nice to be in the expansion mansion. I've never been in a mansion before, but tonight I am. Well, it's an absolute... That's not true. You've been in many mansions. <laughs> and it is Jet an absolute Senator. pleasure to have you, and you are the first guest in our expansion mansion, so you have that honor forever uh, and ever. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you, guys. And you don't, you don't have to take off your shoes. Where, uh, you, can, you can wear your shoes. In We're friendly here. We're friendly here. I can tell you. This is, this is very friendly waters here. Glenn, let me ask you. I know that for your audience, I'm sure you've been talking about this a lot, but for our audience, please share with us where this ranks in Houston Dynamo history, this signing, this caliber of player. Where, where are you putting Hector Herrera right now? Biggest signing in the history of club, hands down. Um, I think what your listeners and people that might tune into this podcast need to consider here is the context of where this team is and where it has been in the past. It has been an abysmal last probably nine years. 
Seven out of eight, eight years, no playoffs, uh, no real investment, poor leadership, poor ownership. I'm sorry, but we have to be honest to understand why this is significant with a new owner and Ted Siegel who has come in now and is putting a significant spend into this team, whether it's a technical director. Think about that. We finally have a technical director in Houston. You realize how long you know, we've been going without one while other clubs have had one. Wow. Um, you know, so you got a technical director down here. You made a signing with Sebas Ferreira, Paraguayan. Honestly, does not move the needle, but was a big spend to get him between combined transfer fee and salary. So when Hector Herrera comes, all kinds of possibility now exists both on and off the field. Um, I heard you guys talking about, you know, the impact that he could make here. He will be the face of the team. Uh, to have somebody coming from Atletico Madrid is pretty monstrous. I think... To add to that, I would just judge that it's actually a good thing that it's going to take a little while for him to get here so this organization can plan to deal with a guy of this stature and of this caliber. All indications are he's a very humble guy. But, you know, there's a lot of things you got to do on and off the field. So if you're in sales, you're in sponsorship, you just got handed a golden egg, right? We don't know what the impact will be. We know it'll be better when it comes to attendance, merchandising, all these other aspects of the business that, 100% have to improve down here. But clearly, um, biggest signing in the history of the club, bar none. And, and Glenn, I, I had the uh, the pleasure back at old Robertson Stadium to come down to Houston to call some of their games. That old park would get full. The city, you would feel that uh, they were soccer crazy. And then, obviously, you said uh, change in ownership and now with Ted Siegel in there. There was those times, obviously not success on the field, but the fans were disconnected a bit or it wasn't a priority in Houston to come out to Dynamo games. Do you see that yeah. changing? Well, I hope so. I mean, this is the type of signing, Max, that gives you a chance to change it, right, if you do it right. And, and I don't think just signing Hector Herrera is going to be, you know, the thing that magically everything's going to get better. We have to remember uh, the return of soccer in, in six and seven when the Dynamo won two titles, okay, we got gifted the best team in what a 12 team league, the best team. So right away competing and winning championships, right? There was a novelty factor to that coming back. It wasn't something that was built. We were handed the best team in the league, right? It was a gift. Mm -hmm. It was never sustained. Uh, once Oliver Luck and company left, uh, the, the, the leadership, the, the, the way this thing went, it was never sustained. Um, and it just continued to decline the product then, began to go in the other direction. Uh, so there were a lot of decisions that were made by non-soccer people that had huge consequence that you're still trying to dig out of today. Thank God Ted Siegel is now the owner of this team and wants to try and turn this thing around, has brought in football people, Pat Onstad, Asher Mendelson, uh, guys like this, uh, uh, new coach in Paolo Nagamura and his staff. So, um, you know, we're, we're hopeful. And I think there's possibility in a big way here. And I think... People are beginning to see that, but they've been conditioned with a very low bar for a lot of years now. So there are still a lot of people that are kind of wait and see. So so what's next for Houston? You bring in Herrera. How do you utilize him? Is this just the first of the many uh, steps in the big scheme of things for Houston? Or is are you do you think Houston's banking on, hey, Hector Herrera is going to come. We're going to sell jerseys. He'll make the team better and then maybe we'll make playoffs. Well, I think I think they're banking on some of those things, no question. I don't think you're going to pay a guy six and a half million dollars a year, right, um, to not get some return on him. I think this team needs another another midfielder. I need they need a creative fulcrum from the start of a game in midfield with him. He will be the face of the team. I don't think there's any question. He will be the orchestrator. He'll be the guiding yeah. light, and he's going to have to be it pretty quickly. I mean, look. Uh, I think it's pretty appealing to be able to say you're getting a player from Atletico Madrid, but I also think that there are still areas of the team that need help, and that is alongside him in midfield from a creative standpoint. Because if you saw the first two games, it's the same midfield as last year. They are a better team from the, the nature of overall collective defending, the compactness of the team, the shape of the team, but they're not dangerous. And that will be the question going into the weekend against Vancouver. And from what I understand, Pat Onstad, the GM, they're, they're still looking for more creativity in the middle of the field to uh, probably amplify a signing like Hector Herrera.
Yeah, Glenn, along those lines, where are the goals going to come from, right? It's probably not going to be from Hector Herrera. He's going to be the one kind of setting things up there in the midfield, whatever other help he gets. But where is Houston going to be able to find that firepower on the front line so that they can really utilize the talents of a Hector Herrera? So Sebas Ferreira is the Paraguayan that was signed that uh, is a goal scorer from Libertad in Paraguay. Uh, he doesn't have the support system right now, and, and, and that's where I say I think they need somebody creative behind him to unlock his potential a little bit. Um, there's a, a lot of trust that's going to have to be put on the wide game with guys like Corey Baird, who you guys know from LAFC, uh, Fafa Pico. Um, these are guys that will run all day for you, but, you know, they're going to have to get quality service into this guy. I, I would bring in the outside backs as well, Adam Lundquist, and then they've signed a Brazilian named Zeca, uh, who's supposed to be an attacking right back. So the wide game is going to have to improve. I think if you plug in another good guy in midfield from a creative standpoint that has ideas, um, that's another area to look at. And then I think they're also hoping to see if Coco Karaskia, the pa Panamanian, um, that, you know, he can blossom into something uh, a, a little bit bigger. But, you know, this is a big market down here, guys. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny because it's self-inflicted and, and it's not any slight to anybody around the country. But the only thing people ever say, oh, yeah, they won the title in six and seven. Nobody's really followed how beaten down this has gotten. Nobody's ever written the article about that. Um, nobody's ever really positioned that to the rest of MLS. And, you know... I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm critical, but I am. And, and healthy pressure has to be there if you're going to be a successful MLS team. You guys got it great out in L.A. because you've always got stars, right? Whether it's 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 Beckham or Carlos Vela, you know, you got to have stars in L.A. Well, this is a big soccer market here, and it's got to start acting like a big soccer market when it comes to the running of the MLS product. And, and I think under the new owner, Ted Siegel, he's pushing it in the right direction. Well, Glenn, like you said, uh, Ferrer coming in, it was a big outlay, and I think he's a very talented youngster. But now that Herrera's in, tell me what your outlook was to start the season and where your outlook of this Dynamo team is now. What, what is the mantra that you're kind of preaching going forward? Well, I think, you know, you got in a completely new staff here. One thing, that, one thing that the fans don't want to hear is because they've had, you know, Dominic Kinnear at the end, you had Owen Coyle, you, you've had Tab Ramos, um, you, you've had uh, Wilmer Cabrera. People don't want to hear rebuild anymore. And I mean, that's the other thing, you know, if, 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 if the messaging to the fan base is myopic, guess what? You know, they've been beaten down. So you got to understand it's been a long time. They're hearing very similar things. I think these, these guys now, Pat um, and, and Asher and Paulo, they deserve the opportunity to get this thing turned around. The owner's living up to it. He's giving them the spend. And I, I think people right now are seeing after two games okay great we, we you know we collectively have a good defending team but you guys know as well as i do everybody judges teams on the attacking nature of it the quality of it you know most people want to see a team with with the vigor to go forward and right now i think it's being kept a bit tight here uh but i also understand that from paulo nagamura's standpoint so it'll be interesting to see what little screws he maybe turns or if he makes a subtle change here or there, maybe starts a Karaski against Vancouver to see if they can push it home now, creating more chances to go along with a good collective and a very tight committed uh, uh, block of players um, that are not yielding a lot of chances and defending well, but are also not creating a lot. Incredible. Thank you so much, Glenn. It's been great to have you on and to get your perspective. Connor and I got to go to Houston last season, and we actually really enjoyed that stadium. So yeah, we're excited. Really enjoyed. Look, the proximity of where you are geographically, where you are, it's good for the league for Houston to be good. So we're we're going to be watching. Uh, we'll of course be listening to you on the call. So we're excited for Hector Herrera to come here, and we're very excited for, to have had you as our first guest on the Expansion Mansion. In Thank the you. Expansion Mansion. In the Expansion. Thanks for mansion. letting me in the mansion, guys. And yes, we're excited about Hector Herrera. Yeah. Don't let me uh, diminish that one bit. I think it's exciting. Let's see how it's all going to play out. Thanks for, for having me on, guys. Thank you, Bye, Glenn. Thank you're welcome you, Glenn. anytime. You can just show up. Yeah. And Glenn you pointing my Stones t-shirt. Yes, yeah. big Stones fan. Big Stones fan. He was <laughs> see, there's your next segment. What's your favorite all-time band that you can't live without? Thank you, guys. All right. For Our you, favorite for Stone you song. Stone. Look at that, that exit stage left. Guys, uh, uh, what's, uh, a, what's a Rolling Stone? Oh, oh stop. stop get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, but it's good to talk about the Dynamo. That is a 
for lack of a better expression, it's a backwater in MLS. You don't even notice it's there. So this has got to be exciting because Glenn works with that club all the time. You mentioned Pat Onstad, all these former guys that we remember from those championship teams, Stu Holden, Brian Ching, um, Brad Davis. They're they're part of that, and they could they could lean into that. There's a lot of things that they can work on. It's in addition to being what the fourth biggest city in the United States. Well, the, so that market is like you said, fourth biggest, and where they're located, it's smart. So so many teams will come in here and they'll get owners that don't really know football. And he said a good thing that they did was they hired football people. Someone comes in Houston and goes, oh, what's the uh, what's the English star that we can bring in? It's it's so silly, right? The the number one watched league in this country is Liga MX, and the fact that they made a statement with Hector Herrera yep. is smart because again you you could have you could hire the wrong people you give them all the money in the world but I mean look Wayne Rooney was okayish at DC but I could see somebody going to Houston going we have a lot of money let's bring in a let's bring in a Wayne Rooney type no no well and to think about it, this has been 15 years since this club has been relevant really and all of the teams that have come in since the Atlanta United's the LAFC's even Minnesota's and now with Austin and FC Charlotte and these new exciting teams it's going to be great to get Houston hopefully back on the map again like you said like you guys have both said when Houston is good the league is better all the way around and I think starting with this move with Hector Herrera although they have a long way to go to climb from being 14 13 12 in the West whatever it might be but this is a great start for Houston and ex-Mexican players have done pretty well in this league we talk about Carlos Vela Chicharito has despite some injuries going back to Temoc, Alan Polito was doing well because the injuries. Pizarro's the one guy I can't can't really say that. But that's only one one case. That's that's one case. But these guys have they helped their status with Mexico? Not really. But have they come here to MLS and done a job? Absolutely. Well, I think Herrera will be part of that. If he plays well here and then plays well for Mexico in the World Cup, that'll definitely help their status. Oh yeah. Right? Thanks for the love with the for the shirt. They guys. do love what your do you shirt. Think? And I would add one more thing. There is the best player, Mexican player, that they would love to still have, and he's been playing here in MLS. I guarantee you Tata Martino would take Carlos, a healthy Carlos Vela. Who would be yeah. the, who would the next desirable Mexican player to come? Chucky. Uh, Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. Chucky would Chucky be the big name. Uh, Diego Lainez, so we've been uh, hearing his name. Chucky yeah. Lozano, and, and if you're, yet, you're me, this is just me personally because I like this type of player, Edson Alvarez. Mm -hmm. I really, like, I really yeah. like the way he plays. I think he deserves a bigger move away from Ajax, although Ajax – Playing some of the best football in Europe, so maybe. I actually one foot in the quarterfinal door of the Champions yeah. League. What about Memo Ochoa? Maybe someday. I know LAFC you fans. Your no. mouth. LAFC no. fans hate that, but <laughs> no, too he's, too, he's just too old. Yeah. Who? Memo. Memo. <laughs> exactly. Let's What's move a on. Rolling Stone. Guy. Let's move on. Uh, so, <laughs> Lewis Morgan, huge trade to New York Red Bulls, and a lot of us went. It's eh, a lot of money. Yep. Dude hit a hat trick this weekend against Toronto who was a lot of pick for a pick for a lot of people to maybe make an MLS Cup we're gonna get we're gonna get more into that later who said that but Lewis Morgan surprise sustainable surprise yeah yeah surprise yes in absolute disbelief no one it's Toronto FC I mean if you saw that back line of Jacob Schaffelberg Salcedo <laughs> Shane O'Neill and Marshall Rudy like that's a wrestling Schaffelberg yep. yeah it's a son <laughs> well, because I love saying old Chaffee old so. Chaffee come on three of those four pieces are not good and Schaffelberg is not a left back no and, and Marshall Rudy hasn't been playing a lot of MLS matches as a right back either and so those oh, two 17? Yeah, 17. So I'm just saying against a very experienced New York Red Bulls, I am not in utter disbelief that Lewis Morgan. Okay, well, let's let, yeah, let's go back to Lewis Morgan. We're, we're going to touch on the Toronto situation. I like what you said about sustainable, and I don't think it's sustainable. They need to get a lot of help from Caden Clark. They need to get some help from Frankie Amaya. They need to get – the kids need to grow up pretty quickly. Wait, no, no, wait. Do they need – like, is Lewis Morgan their guy? But I, I don't I think, think they got a good can one be moving forward if mm -hmm. you're going to clamp down on Lewis Morgan. Where else does it come from, right? So, to me, the big thing is, can he be their guy for the first six, seven, eight matches until they figure some things out? Absolutely, but I don't know if over a 34-match season if he can be their guy. I, I, I disagree. I think I, – I forget how to pronounce his name. Kalmana? Kalmana's okay. Yeah. He's good. I yeah. mean, from his past two games, he's been, he's been really good for uh, The advanced metrics really like him, too. They have a very – balanced squad in terms of their 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 midfield and attacking pieces I think with the Red Bulls too if they do well to start the season the, the Red Bulls gonna be like all right let's invest here remember they have a network of clubs that they can lean into they could spend some money as well Lewis Morgan's one big addition but Aaron Long scored a goal too and he is a top five center back in this league when healthy he's healthy he scored a goal the Red Bulls 
trajectory up and up. Do, do they have a ceiling? At this point, yes. But with some good young players, they develop players. That's a, a, big, a big part of this club. Uh, I'd buy some stock on this team. My only reservation would be after, uh, after the, watching the whole game, the Nealis bros. Uh, started at center back and right back. Dylan Nealis, not too good. He had an academy, like a TFC2 player, Luca Petrasso, just hammering them it was all a, game. They're high bad TFC team. Tough watch. I would say for, for Red Bull, who, which, what's interesting here is a lot of the coaches that were chirping, I don't have a good team, are now undefeated. You've got Stuber, Struber there. You've got Lozada in D.C. DC United. Uh, yeah. You know, he's not undefeated, but Matias was chirping and now had a pretty good result uh, with San Jose. Uh, they did lose their GM, uh, but I think anytime you get a chance to go to the Premier League, you, you take you it. Go. But some good results after a 6-1 thrashing in that final preseason game. But, that, but that's MLS, though, right? Like, it is a long season, and trust me, uh, I will also not be in utter disbelief if Lewis Morgan doesn't get that many more goals this season. He'll get, he'll get some more. And those are good goals that he took. I just want to lean into the chat again because I'll go back to the Houston conversation. Someone said, let's not forget about Raul Jimenez. And he said Jimenez isn't going to leave. Uh, Isaiah said Jimenez is going to leave Wolves for MLS. Let's be honest. A lot of people said that Hector Herrera wouldn't leave Atletico Madrid for Houston Dynamo. So there's a precedent. It's a new and, day. And, and that's to my point of this new trend that anything is actually possible now. Yeah. Would you it's say money. League of Choice? I would say League of Choice. Players are excited to come to America not only to make decent money, but Real the, league, decent money. The, the league is getting better each and every year. And on top of that, America in general is a desirable place to live. People want to go to live in L.A. People want to go live in New York, Miami. So, I don't know. You're going to start seeing, like, world-class players want to come play in MLS. It's happening. Okay, we got we got sidetracked a little bit. I just, wanted, I just want to get our, yeah. our fans involved. No, no, you're good. No, you're good. You're perfect. And we're going to answer questions later. So, guys, the questions that you have, we'll solicit some questions, bring them through. We'll answer as many questions as we can get through. Let, let me bring us back, and it's actually staying within Red Bull's Versus Toronto. What do we make of Toronto? And uh, how about that field? Yeah. You know, I, all I could imagine is Bob, Bob Bradley coming out going, "Whoa." Yeah, we know. We know Bob takes hey, what's the field, this? field very seriously. It serious. was. It was a. It looked chewed up. I think by the end of the season, that team is going to look a little chewed up as well. I just think they're a little long in the tooth in the midfield. I don't think Michael Bradley played his best game. He'll probably tell you the same thing. And I just think there there are so many pieces that need to be retread or need to be retooled a little bit. Of course, Insigne is coming, and it's, it's going to be a huge deal. But, uh, again, just like Hector Herrera for Houston, is that going to take Toronto from being bottom of the table to mid-table, maybe? I, I, I just think Toronto FC got it completely wrong this offseason. I just don't think they got – I mean, because they were so late to get Bob Bradley – they're just, they didn't get the pieces that they needed to put in place mm -hmm. for an MLS-worthy squad to be better than they were last year. You know, you'd think for a team of Toronto FC's status would want to rebuild that team and get up there. And, yes, they got Lorenzo Insigne, but they're... Well, they, they have to be him, patient. He's, nothing, he's not doing any good for him in Napoli. Right. And to your point... No, but, but, but nor do I think that he's something that TFC needed. You know what I mean? There's a right. couple areas in that squad where I'm like, hey, they need additions, but they focus well, on the Max, the let me ask you. First. You and I know Bob Bradley pretty well. We know his football, and he'll say that we don't, but we do. <laughs> uh, we know pretty well. If I'm looking at this, I'm thinking Chris Armas doesn't press the exact same, but Bob Bradley likes to press quite a lot. And to Connor's point, they're bringing in a guy like Lorenzo Insignier, but we're watching that midfield with Pasuelo basically leave Michael Bradley hung out to dry. Did, yeah. Does he maybe not have the right pieces to even press the way he wants to do it? And I, I think you have to be really patient with this team. And Toronto FC had a real bad 2021. You can't expect the switch to be flicked here. Lorenzo Insigne is going get, to get here, and this team is still going to struggle because they're going to have to find the right pieces in place. They're leaning into their youth. Some good young players there yeah. that uh, are going to uh, and Bob, be Bob first teamers. Bob is the best coach in the league in really coaching up youth and making yeah. them better. So if I, this I is going to get that. better as they go along, but they've got to be patient because you've got to revolve. You know, Josie Altador's moved out. Michael Bradley's a little bit older, but it's his dad's the coach. There's a relationship there. They know each other. I think you want Michael Bradley. He has enough equity and clout to certainly keep around. But this is a club that you should be patient for. But on, the way it is. I just want to see how Bob Bradley and Toronto FC approach games by the week. You know what I mean? Game by game, how they approach to just win games as they are. Not necessarily long term, because long term, they wanted to develop these young players, and that'll be 
a, a priority for someone like Bob Bradley. But, you know, with the squad that they have, I'm concerned watching their play of how they really are approaching their, their game by game results. And, and the Pozuelo one's a big one because how does he play with Insigne? Pozuelo was an MVP a couple yep. years ago, and it's took a step back 2021 and 2022 looks another at least a mini step back from that. I would just add this. Maybe it's a problem with expectations. I mean, they were second to last yep. in the league, and now all of a sudden, just because they signed Lorenzo Insigne. He's not Bob even Bradley, here yet. <laughs> and Bob Bradley, who was a big move, all of a sudden people were then moving them into MLS Cup contention. I don't think yeah. the league works that way anymore. No. And lastly, I would just shout out to Caden Chung and McNaughton for making their uh, TFC debuts coming from the Canadian Premier League. That's important. Good. CPL. That means soccer's growing in Canada. We do go to you for Canadian Premier League. Because those two players would not be professionals if it wasn't for the Canadian Premier League. And, and that's so now they're on an the MLS Max's roster. Point, that's important. That is very important. In Canada, the number one team in CONCACAF. They're going to need these young players to deliver. They're going to really need. Toronto FC has two or three of these guys to come up and say, I'm ready for the big time. This has been fun so far, but I'm really excited for this next segment because we're gonna, really going to have fun here. All right, guys. What do you mean, Holt? Before you get into Sorry, that, in some, my ears, our producer guys, and he's saying, I got to talk about San Jose. I have in my contract that I do not but, talk but, about Matias Almeida. I just want to let that. you guys know that no one's talking in our ears. I don't know what he's talking about. We will do it. What's that cable coming out of your ear, dude? <laughs> he doesn't talk in your ear because he doesn't want to throw you off. Let's uh-huh. talk about San Jose. Down three to one, down a man. Francisco Calvo, masterclass. Right? Masterclass or just like a header? Well, that's your. I'm taking carbon copy headers. They were the exact same goal. Right. Yeah. Wait. Wait until you know my player of the week. But I'll say this: it's another example of a Matias Almeida coached club just never giving up. They never give in. 90 full minutes. It's like the old Nolan Richardson Arkansas Razorbacks. The 40 minutes <laughs> of hell. That's what you get every time you play. These references. You're welcome. That's Corliss what you get. Williamson. Yeah, who's on that team? Yeah, there you go. So uh, you know, I, I just think again, Matias Almeida just gets so much out of whatever he has out there. Whether it's 10 men, whether it's Francisco Calvo, whether you know, I'd like to see a little bit more from Cade Cowell, but whatever. Uh, I just think that San Jose typifies Matias Almeida and that game in particular, and Calvo's. Uh, performance in, in particular do you get well. the feeling that Matias Almeida has just is just wiring a bomb right now and he's just w- waiting for San Jose to oh. blow up but we all get to reap the benefits as them being the craziest like you it's must watch TV right now right like I don't think they're actually gonna be good but you can't miss one of these yeah guys. he's right. he, he's like creating a bomb and it's like it might do well yeah he's got and the so even he's got the clicker yeah. so once the season's over he just it's going to be a. It's going to be some heavy sledding for San Jose, and like they entertained us here, but this is a game they should have lost. They're going to take a lot of losses. Jamiro Montero did his part, so some nice new pieces that's come in, but I just don't see how anything's tenable right here for San Jose. As poor as they were last season, they did get a couple transfers in late, but as you can see, it's still the wild, wild west out there in Northern California, and San Jose are going to take a lump or two, and they are going to give up a ton of goals. You know who else was poor last season? Austin FC. Oh, you're switching topics on us. Oh, yeah. Oh. Austin FC, two games, 10 goals. Are you kidding me? Okay, you can say about Cincinnati and Miami. Okay, good start. Good start, but 10 goals. Right, did we imagine? You have to give the credit to Austin for... I, I watched a good portion, if not all of this game, on Sunday, Inter Miami played well. They played. W- I thought they had a good game. In facet. In between, they're making connections. Uh, Gregore and uh, Mota, who's one of the new players, they they got chances. But then Austin were just so clinical. Mm-hmm. They got a chance yeah. and they did it. So I was really impressed with Austin FC because I think you look at this score and said Inter Miami outclassed. They have problems. That's how you take away when you look at the scoreboard. But when I watched this game, Inter Miami figured some things out. But Austin FC just hammered them. This is a really impressive victory. Because Much you, better than the Cincinnati wa- watch, Watching the games, they are clinical. They were they played dominant football. And it's not just, look, you can come into a game against a quote-unquote USL team and just yeah. try to have a walk in the park. But they came in with a game plan, knew what they needed to do, and they executed. And so I, give them I mean, all jokes that. aside, none of us think that this is going to be a, a record-breaking Austin team. Right. But if I try to be a little pragmatic and I think about a team created out of nothing, uh, with a young head coach, but midway through the season had a lot of supporters that wanted Josh Wolf fired. Is this basically a reminder to people like soccer? It's not that easy, especially when you're creating a team out of nothing. Well, and the other thing that goes back to is 
these teams are still professional teams. They're not trying to give up five goals, right? You have to be doing something right if you're getting five. But I'll say one of the things that I think Austin did right, and I know one of you is going to touch on it later on, is Driussi seems to be the exact right move for that club to have made in this moment. Right now, what, three goals through the first two matches of the season and looking like that was the right button to press. For not, not Ethan Finley? Better good. That's a good addition. That's a good addition. No, Sebastian Drew, on a free, on a free, and we, then Alex. I mean, you look at some of those. There's a good team. Are they deep? No. Do they have a great home <laughs> no. field advantage? Yeah. But Drewsi, Cecilio Dominguez. Right. There's good players in place that should give you confidence. And to your point, it, it's just a reminder. I'm sorry. To your point about the pressure on the coaches. Expansion teams are still expansion teams. Let's forget about the Atlanta United LAFC model. They're going to struggle. Charlotte FC is going to be the latest one. And you want to have a good year, too. So far, so good for Austin. So and Drew sees that big reminder that yeah. for every Hector Herrera, there's a lot of good players around the world. There's a lot of places to shop. Just because you didn't watch Zenit St. Petersburg doesn't mean this guy's not a good player. Right. So some teams are exceeding expectations like Austin. Some teams are choking a little bit. Quite notably, NYCFC and the Seattle Sounders. What who do we think about that? Look at some people in the comment already beat you I to know, it. I know. Someone already beat me to it. Yeah, who are you more worried about? I'm more worried about NYCFC only because they won MLS Cup. I don't know what it is. When you win MLS Cup, you think you're, like, the best team ever, but the way the playoffs are set up, like, you can really be, like, I don't know, like, the 10th best team and still win it somehow. No, but so, when players so win the, trophies, I know, they start, yeah. they start sure. wanting chirping things, and then look, money. And then it, they could win MLS Cup again like they did last year, but they're not the best team in MLS. Here, here's what's interesting to me with NYCFC is, they did play really well in CCL, and I think they will continue to do well. But everyone started to look at it and said, you know what, maybe it's for the best they didn't sell Tati Castellanos because he's going to be hungry now. I still think that that's a situation waiting to implode. Because yeah. that's Tati is a hothead. I love him. I really love him as he a player. He wants to go. He was but ready to go. he wants to go. Yeah. He was ready to go. And, and he may go in the summer, well, which will put New York City in a situation they need to get They're going to be in a bind no matter what. They're going to have to sell him, right, because you got to sell high. But it, with Tati, the thing is, even if it's not the – team's fault sometimes players are just they're unhappy and I'm just I'm just wondering if yeah he gets up for the CCL games because he's like this is where I'm going to get sold but now then when he's got to do the league slog he's just like eh. and then in Seattle flip side weather delay I don't know what to make of a team that had to sit for what was it like 30 45 minutes yeah. I, I, Bobby Wood <laughs> and I'm not worried about either one of these teams right now because I think they're both focused on the CONCACAF Champions League Seattle was the, as they probably should be right? as they should be and they should they're, they're, it is a long they're in the quarterfinals Seattle have always been that team that get going so that's going to be the situation they're in again this season look it seems like every year NYCFC goes on like a five six seven eight nine ten game unbeaten streak where they might not be winning all those games right but they'll go like five wins five draws over ten games sure. you're not going to find me burying any team with Brian Schmetzer and the amount of talent mm -hmm that's up in Seattle. Yeah. So I think I'm a little more worried about NYCFC, especially because, look, we saw it last year with Diego Rossi, who was kind of one foot out the door with LAFC. Same thing now with Tati Castellanos right now with NYCFC. Those things just negatively impact the team throughout the season. And the added benefit for NYFC is they've already won the trophy. One caveat for Seattle this year, they don't have the space to bring in a game changer like a Ladero or Rui Diaz. They're going to have to do it with the squad they have. And normally they do really well Loggerway does really well in the summer bringing someone in. You're going to have to do it with what you and, and Hopefully one of them do win the CONCACAF Champions League. So these efforts of, like, not getting results here in March pays off. Yeah, yeah you win CONCACAF Champions League. Look, you don't want to miss the playoffs, but you get a pass. That's your final right there, Seattle-New York City FC. Oh, Max. Oh, Max wow. Only, wow, okay. Hot take. I mean, he got NYCFC no, we're gonna right. Clip it clip and that. Going like that. Clip that. Okay. All right. Now it's time for the fun. Right? In my we, ear? We, we're not, yes. we haven't yes. been having fun already? <laughs> I have not been having no, any I've fun been, until this nor week. Nor I. All right. Last week, American Jesse Marsh took over as head coach of Leeds United, and our very own Max Bredos had this to say on Twitter. I'm reading this verbatim. Heading into the Premier League weekend with Jesse Marsh at Leeds and Chris Armis at Manchester United, now we need Bruce Arena <sighs> at Watford next season. It's a good, it's a good great, tweet. Great That's tweet. definitely a tweet. Made it on the mansion. Some, uh... Uh, if you know Max <laughs> Bredos, he's a volume tweeter, though. So he's like Is that true? You, just you pump are a volume out. tweeter. How many uh, tweets do you think you have per day? How many tweets have you sent in between our two shows today? Zero. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a first. Impressive. I'm worried about you. Monday's a light tweeting day because we're very busy here. I tweet during the Saturday morning hours for the European leagues, obviously LAFC games. So yesterday schedule. was a busy, it was about a 12-tweet day. Okay. But usually, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to crack back on All that. All right. Well, Max, your tweet got us thinking, 
what European team would be the ideal destination for MLS coaches? We've chosen a handful, sort of at random. So are, are you guys ready to do this, please? Uh, we have take, whiteboards. Take your whiteboards. We're going to be doing this via whiteboards, everybody. This is going to be fun. Please do not judge our penmanship. Also, but you guys can join in. We yes. want to hear your thoughts. Those of you in the chat, so we'll, we'll, they're going to put one up on the board. We're going to get a couple seconds to write our, our, our response. You guys write your responses, and we'll, we'll talk about them. Okay. Right. Who's up there? Who's Who up got? first? We have Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley. Right. Who, what do I have for there. Bob Bradley? Ooh. Are we going to flip it all uh -oh. at the same time? I already okay. lost my eraser. Okay, into your singles, right? Yes, into your, into your singles. Okay. Are we, are we One, ready, producer? Two, three. Oh, can you even read that? What do we got? I got to make them bigger Barca, next time. Barca, Monaco, Dortmund, and Napoli. Okay. Does anyone care to explain? I, I'll say mine. He had a little taste in French lower division football, so he'd be Lahar. happy to do it. Young team. Monaco got the young players. Go to Ligue 1 because uh, he doesn't want to get another taste of the Premier League. And he'll be the first thing because I don't want to do it. So this is your winner. I, I, I just That's feel like winner. imagine how oh, my winner. internally. <laughs> I was going to say, what just happened? That is. It's a contest okay, now. All right. Hey, well, now it's that I know. It's a contest. What were you imagine say how happy internally Wait, Bob Bradley do, would be. Oh, you're just trying to make him happy? No, just imagine how happy he would be if he got the players on Barcelona to play like exactly how he wanted to play. I tell and you they what, would be able to pull it off see, because I that's how JR good they are. I think and I went the same route where it was like, it's really pretty football. Yeah. But yeah. Andy! Moment, yeah. yeah. All right, All let's right. go to the next cut. Next one. I do win for best penmanship. Pen oh, Brian Schmetzer. Brian Schmetzer. Oh, oh, you guys are going to love this one. Okay. I'm going to make mine like more bold. All right. Are we ready? No. Nope. Max is still writing. Are we ready? Pencils down. No. What? Oh, he's still going. He's still writing. Okay, you ready? One, go. Uh, how do we get a? <laughs> yeah, I Man took City? your. Okay. I, I took your European idea and ran with it uh, in another direction. <laughs> yeah, you, ran you need to explain in, yourself. In You're the direction? outlier here. All right. So here's the deal. Former San Diego Soccer's player Brian Schmetzer is not leaving anywhere other than to retire for Seattle. He is going to coach until he's, I don't know, he probably has a lifetime contract up there. So if you're going to retire anywhere, San Diego, California, what more beautiful of a city. Former player coming back to lead that MASL indoor soccer team as he, because he finishes out the twilight of his coaching career. Augsburg, Hector, I like that shot. I wasn't convinced. I'm switching mine to Augsburg. I like that better For than Brian? Both. Augsburg doesn't Schmetzer. do anything. Schmetzer. Okay. I went, I went Juventus just because with Max Allegri, it seems like it's like, let's just be pragmatic. If we win games, we don't care what it looks like. That's a lot of erasing for San Diego. There's soccer. a lot. Oh, you really yeah. And I know it's you not really in Europe, wrote, by yeah, the get, way. I'm get, just get having that fun going. with it. We got it. We're Hunter good. Manson. I'm having a blast. This is fun. A little much. Who All right, got, next who we didn't get to talk about my reasoning. The reveal is Probably amazing. It's like the Royal Rumble, right? When they rest. Hey. Oh, oh. By the way, the winningest coach in MLS history. Congratulations to Bruce Arena on breaking that record. All right. I think Max is going to like mine. I, I hope you guys like mine. Are you a slow writer? No, I forgot. I was changing my nice. answer. <laughs> oh, my God. No way. No. Whoa. Oh! <laughs> A lot of West going on. I'll put West Barca then. Um, <laughs> West Barca? <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah. West Ham. Vince, Vince I like you. Barca, Bruce Arena? Yeah. The guy that's like, I, players just play, bro. That's, like, but on, so he's, he's going to be stuck with the players that are there to just play. So my answer is this one. That's mine, why? Mine was, because they're not sexy. They just kind of throw They are there. sexy. It's West Ham is very sexy. I didn't I didn't pick a... Uh, they win games. I was going to... If you let me finish, they just win games. Okay. I think it's a team that he's going to have to help bring together, like West Brom, maybe get them promoted. Big Sam style, like he oh, did with guys, the U.S. You team. You guys are actually sending My, these Vince. coaches to these places. Is that <laughs> yes, I am. I'm trying to. Okay. I'm, trying, I'm an agent right now. Guys, we did not give any criteria to this. You just got to pick them with Nelly as, as, for, as San Diego whatever soccer. Reason. Yeah, I ignored the Europe criteria. Vince, I picked West Ham for a little bit of a different reason. I thought because, you know, Bruce is a very nice guy, sympathetic. I thought that if he, he got into that locker room, he would be able to bench Kurt Zuma for what he did to that cat. Kurt Zuma because of the cats. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, thought he'd be nice. Isaiah has to, uh, Bruce at, at Atletico Madrid, which actually was my first choice. But then I was like, eh, he's not quite that defensive. So I went West Ham. Smart. So uh, I like I like the 
Thickety Wickets, please explain Bruce Spartak to Spartak Monsica. I don't know enough about let's them. Move, let's move on. We have, like, we have like eight more coaches. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's, let's I go. Like Next Thickety Wickets. Who could it be? Uh, oh. That guy, Caleb Porter. Caleb, Caleb Porter. Caleb Porter. <laughs> I picked a silly one. Ah. <laughs> I got a good one. Okay. He's just trying to write very nicely, very legible. I picked a stupid one. Real Madrid? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Okay, please. I just think it would be really funny to see Caleb Porter try to coach Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. See how much the players really like him. I picked Roma because Caleb Porter is our Jose Mourinho, not in style, <laughs> but in every game finishes and they do something catastrophic to lose it. He goes, I think we had him. <laughs> I think we had him. Uh, I think we had him. We totally had him. <laughs> I went with Chelsea only because Caleb Porter for the crew was able to guide through new ownership there. Chelsea's going to need the same thing in just a little bit. So I think that could be could be good for Chelsea. Yeah, uh, uh, great of Firth. I love that you put the umlauts there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and yeah, no, they got uh, who's the who's the American? Uh, uh, rumor to Julian come, Green. Rumored to oh. come to LAFC, which was never a real rumor. So right? I, started by Richard Oscar. He's a very. Uh, <laughs> Caleb's a very European type guy, I think, and I saw that when he was a coach of the All-Star game and he went up against Pep Guardiola and he idolized Pep and you can see it on his face. So uh, I think he's a guy who actually could pop up in Europe, to be honest. Uh, and maybe you, have the, you think I have the worst penmanship? I mean, I'm third. Yeah, I'll take it. Max Porter, yeah, but at way, least you're third. Surprisingly right. good penmanship from Max. I'm he's a great drawer, too. Porter's <laughs> overrated. Oh, Greg Vanny. Greg Vanny. This one will be short for me. I got it. I'm taking my time. How do you? <laughs> you don't know how to spell it? <laughs> I think, I hope this is it. Yeah. Palace, Nice, Man, Man U. I've got Arsenal. Man, you, you guys are <laughs> aiming large. <laughs> our Arsenal, our uh, Arsenal-loving producer just said something very bad in my ear. I'm just saying, uh, he's doing he's doing a lot with uh, not the right parts in defense for Greg Vanny. Yeah. That's that's my Arsenal take. And that's why you pick Arsenal. Yeah. I like that. You know, the Galaxy do, uh, they have huge names come through and mostly underperform recently. So, figure Manchester United right in that same vein. Yep. Played in France, so that's why I went to the French team. South France, it was in Corsica for Bastia, so now Nice. Oh, gorgeous. Uh, you guys spend way Greg Vanny is a very cosmopolitan this. guy. I just, and I, I think Nice get, is a cosmopolitan I need to get out and travel. I put like, like with all of us do. This is the extent of our traveling for 2020. I put American right. coach. Crystal Palace is kind of what AFC Richmond's based off. That's of. where they play. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you gave him, you gave him the Ted Lasso yep. treatment. Put down. Oh. Way to go. All right, next coach. I feel like we should be like, uh. Right? Oh, Ramirez. Oh, we don't know a lot about him in MLS. I, I followed his career. But I feel like I know enough. He is viewed as a guy kind of in that pet bowl, Spanish guy, great ideas, went to South America, did well in Ecuador, not great in Brazil. Even now, he wasn't the one that won that title for them, though, right? He was No, but he's a big part of it. He won the he won the, uh, he won <laughs> the suit on Americana. He didn't win the Ecuadorian League. Connor has a drawing. <laughs> what do we think of Tottenham? No, okay. <laughs> why ta why, why Park Tottenham? Park the bus. I just think. Well, the, I'm, think, I'm thinking of the Jose Mourinho. You, yeah, Spurs. I was say, you're, if you're going to tell me that Antonio Conte is. A no, I'm talking about the Jose fight. Mourinho. And we started this show by saying we were going to fight, so I think I you was. You want to fight? fight. Antonio we... Conte is not a defensive manager. I will fight anyone over that. Brentford, why'd you go Brentford? Brentford recently promoted, going to need a lot of help, <sighs> and that's exactly what we're seeing with Charlotte FC this year. So I kind of likened it to the situations they were already in. You guys are talking about world football and everything else. I'm more of no, the, we're, we're the straight. Saying, well, I went Norwich because we had the promise of yeah. be beautiful football, bad results. There you go. Did you see his, how his nipples were like just I did not piercing see that. through that shirt. I did not see that. That no. says more about you than him. Let's go to H the next Hector coach. said Espanol. I picked Sevilla because I think deep down Miguel Angel is doing this world tour because he wants to go back to his native Spain and coach. Of course. Which I don't blame him. There's a lot of coaches that come here to do that. Okay, what do we got? Peter Vermees. Uh, that chin. I'm scared of him on our thing, right? What do I have for Vermees? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Three, two, All one. Right. I went Atletico Madrid just because him and Simeone strike me as uh, characters that 
could both drink together in a bar, get in a bust up, and then have a drink again yeah. and go, that was pretty good, right? Your handwriting is awful. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should get bumped up to that third spot. Uh, I know. Yeah, JR, yeah, JR Hanover 96, how? Yeah, how about uh, Kansas City, Missouri's sister city is Hanover. Good and criteria. I, think, uh, I really oh. do think that his personality, his coaching style would lend himself well to uh, to Hanover and uh, Bundesliga. Hungarian descent, right? I hope I got it right because that's why I put the Hungarian I believe Wickets gave him Bayern Munich. Good for Peter. Wait, can you for me? Fenech Vanos? A Hungarian team, no? Yes. Okay. Time for, so I think he a, wants to go back to his roots and he'll be he'll be a champion there. They go, hey, Vermees, you're back from to Hungary. His, back to his native. Uh, no, he's not hey, from Hungary. Hungary was once a powerhouse in world football. Yeah, I think he would yeah. like that and build. Okay. Do we still have more? Okay. Two, two more. Two, two more. more. Everyone in the chat. I didn't know we were going to do every MLS coach. Oh, Isaiah wants Vermees to the U.S. national team. I think one. I think at one point that was a possibility. Yeah, right. Maybe it's past that window. Okay. Because there's better candidates arising. Yeah. Wait, who's that? Oh, Phil it's Neville. It's uh, one of the that? Neville brothers. Got really quiet in here, didn't it? <laughs> We're I all practicing our, our penmanship. Like I tried to, yeah, it is. Not yet. Oh, this pen is uh, pretty strong. Three, two, one. I tried to draw a thumbs down. Hey. Whoever it is now. There you go. I feel like Phil would actually be happy if he was like, wait, does Everton want me? Right. I'll see you later. Absolutely. I mean, after that five. Can I push Frank Lampard out? After, after that 5-0 loss to they Tottenham. Lost. Right, oh, I did tweet once between shows. It was would you rather have answer. Frank Lampard or, or Phil Neville as your coach at Inter-Miami? I'd rather have uh, uh, Peter for, Vermees. Andrea Pirlo. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is, a, this is a lower division team near Manchester. Mm -hmm. He's a Manchester guy. Maybe if things don't go well at Inter, he has to find a, a stopgap. Do well at Oldham and then come back and maybe get a Premier League job. I'm being way too realistic on this. I like, I like the Phil Neville with Barnsley shout. Again, yeah. you guys put right. way too much thought into it. I also have an Ipswich I did not. You should be putting thought into everything we're doing in nope. this show. All right, last coach. Let's make it a big one. Oh, Ronnie. Ronnie what Dyla. a good Skyla. Ronnie Dyla. Wait, wait, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> what are you saying wait to? He's saying wait to our producer. Uh, Two. One. Montreal de Torque. Yeah, we're, we're going. First, uh, we got the first oh, uh, the, the, uh, the Citigroup connection. Right, exactly. Right. The Citigroup oh. connection. Plus, he's already won it not in, in Norway and Scotland. Also, you not in Europe, but. The but one I said, in yeah, Europe. I threw, uh, I threw the European uh, d uh, criteria out the window. No, it could be great. Look, part of City Football Group, and he's one in two other countries already that don't have top-tier level leagues, so I think this could be perfect for him. Why Norwich? The experience in Scotland, doing well in New York City, the connection to Manchester City, Norwich is, we, this is the guy. He's going to do well in the English Premier League. So I figured it was an English Premier League. I was going between Norwich and Palace. I figured Norwich has got a better dial of feel to it. Where's he from? He's from Norway, right? He's not German. Who's the best player for oh. Norway? Uh, Harling Holland. Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> I like the big B. I like the, and that the is big our B. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Inter Milan, why? And you pin why Inter? Because NYCFC is, is that team that thinks they're much bigger than they are, but they finally got it over the hump. Don't bad mouth they, Inter. And then they will disappear for the next 10 years. Oh, Orati will not be happy. Wow, are you saying that as a Juve fan? Bye, Ronnie. Bye, Ronnie. Bye, Ronnie. Bye, Ronnie. <laughs> why did we all say that? Can't wait. I can't wait till Ronnie actually comes on the show. You know, nothing race. lights up a timeline like a great meme. This weekend had some more great ones that caught our eye and some that made us cringe a little bit, if we're being completely honest. After shifting through the good, the bad, the ugly, here are our picks of Meme of the Week. And don't forget to tell us which one you like the most. I dropped in the penmanship power did. ranking. See that? You did? Wait. Bingo. That means I went You're up. You're at the bottom. All right, I'm let's go to memes. I don't want to talk about penmanship anymore. Let's go. Where's the first meme? It's a very serious topic. How to cancel flights to Toronto. Uh, <laughs> is that is that what he's looking at? How to hey, let me tell you, he ain't can with the money he's making, he ain't canceling anything. <laughs> well, you want to know why this meme is funny? Because Domenico Crescito actually did this. <laughs> right, we were, we were talking about that in the in the warm up to this. Yeah, it's uh, look that it works on a lot of levels. Maybe the exchange rate changed a little bit. I don't know. We'll have to see. We want your votes on the best meme. Yeah, we got, we got three. That was a pretty good one. We got to keep in the Canadian. How bad are the Canadian taxes? How much? Of, how much of that paycheck of? These are pay taxes. Look at them. <laughs> <laughs>
How do you think we got this mansion? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, okay, let's go to number two. He's a, it's a tax shelter. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. That hurts for the LAFC fans here. But this is the MLS show. And Will Farrell getting dragged in. Hey, that's when I did the interview with him. Uh, that is. You can see my shoulder. I was going to say, that's your. That's that your, is the analog game. Out, you were in there, but. Rude. You, yeah, is it worse being in a meme or being cropped out of a meme? Cropped out. Cropped out. Good choice. And, and I, that way, hurt. And by the way, not wrong. Uh, as look, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I'm an LASD supporter, even though we're on the I can laugh show. At that. Let, him, let Portland enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, look, we didn't lose last time we played them. We'll go with that. It's it's okay, Edgar. To laugh. Right. Edgar, are you a Timbers fan? Edgar, you're welcome. No, here, by Edgar the way. was the one that thought that Timbers were going to win by two Edgar, goals. Oh, that's back. right. Three one, right? Welcome Edgar, back, Edgar. You're wrong. Oh, he back. Did, uh, message, mess, message. Like, he's like, no, never mind. <laughs> wrong, get, Edgar. He's got, I'm going to get doxxed. Okay, third one, third one. Last one. Last one. And? He reading all the comments on 433 and BR Football from Eurosnob saying how MLS always seems to score bangers. They do get that a lot, right? You know what? This is the Connor meme. No, they'll they'll score a good goal. You look a little bit like Glenn And then Howard. they'll be like, the, the defending sucks, so it's That's, not a good uh, The Philadelphia show? Yeah, it's yeah. Always, sunny. always Sunny. It's Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Howerton. Does, <laughs> does Connor look like Glenn Howerton a little bit? Philadelphia. Pardon? Does, does Connor look a little bit Glenn Howerton who plays Dennis in that show? You look a little bit like him. Also, hair. somebody that has come to an LFC game. Enjoy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. was there. He does look like him. Yeah. Uh, vote on your best. I'm going to... I, oh, I really like Don't that. erase that, Edgar. That's that's there forever. Do yeah, not I really yeah we see we already screen grabbed it. <laughs> we screen grabbed it. it. Wait, so what are our votes for the for the favorite? One, two, or three? Oh, I think Insigne. Insigne, like Insigne yeah. One. That's that that was I didn't I didn't laugh out here because I'm a professional, but it did make me laugh inside. <laughs> yep. Okay. That'd be mine too. I, I like I like the third one just because I, I agree with that and we need to keep for some reason need to keep hammering that home, but it's true. So you've heard me say it before, the MLS is the most entertaining league in the world. And I stand by it. The main reason for my belief is that the great players that make up this this league. So this week we have a few standouts planning. So leading the way. So who do you guys think is the player of the week? I think uh, the, Mex- the Mexico house for saying you look like a young Justin Timberlake might have got the early votes there. <laughs> uh, you know yeah, what good told me that is uh, the radio voice of LAFC, Dave Denholm. He said I looked like JT? Yeah. You'll take that. You'll definitely yeah, take I'll that. I'll take that. I mean, Unfortunately, I... You there, do not look there like is you. a lot going on right now, and I'm trying yeah, to get Francisco Calvo, his moment in the sun. I don't know how many more of these he will have in his MLS career, but two goals after, what, the 84th minute, I think? Zero. For, <laughs> zero, right? That's, that's why I picked him, though. Look, at, down a man coming back to equalize at 3-3. He scored both 3-2 and 3-3, 84th minute, and I forget what minute in stoppage time. Francisco Calvo, take a bow. It may be he's had a, the last. He's had a good career, and yeah. he's still playing for Costa Rica. They might go to the World Cup, maybe. No, yeah. not, no. not if the U.S. Now. takes care of business. Not well, if, they could finish fourth. Not if he's still uh, playing uh, for Costa Rica. Heartwarming story. Good for no, Francisco Calvo. Thank well, they, you. But the no, right answer is Lewis Morgan. <laughs> he had a hat trick. He had it in style. Did it all in the first half. Should have had four. Should have had, a, Should have had four. Hey, for you world football people, four goals is called a poker. Uh, in most of Europe. So he should have had his poker. He was not offside. The uh, assistant refereeing this weekend, not so good. But Lewis Morgan, uh, look, they paid a lot of money for him. We were all kind of skeptical of it, but he really fits that system. So great scouting by the New York Red yeah. Bulls. And good shout. That's what that's what you get. I, I don't think he scores many more than maybe seven goals on the season, but take that Hattie wherever you can get it. He's, he's going to get double digits now. Uh, I like the Gaga Slolina shout because they've been great defensively, but I saw someone mention... He always has to make one big save, too. Yeah, He's good. Isaiah, I saw you say it's Sebastian Driussi. That is my pick. I have my top 10 DP list coming out in a couple Ooh. weeks. Driussi is going to be on it. He was good in week one. He was even better in week two. He is the straw that stirs the drink for Austin FC. This was a guy who did really well at River, did pretty good in Zenit, came here, and you're like, he has the talent. He's young, and he settled in there. And I think you've got to be thrilled if you're playing at that club, in that park, and Driussi's enjoying life right now. And he had a great game. And maybe the result of the round there for Austin, because they, I thought they beat a pretty game Inter-Miami team. I, I saw a lot of people on the Twitter feed saying that their player of the week was uh, Ishmael Alfaf. Hmm for his performance against. What, uh, what about when he grabbed the, who's the two players he put his arms yeah, around? Yeah, they're saying, guys, I'll get out, get out. Here's the thing, you can say that that second yellow was soft, but it was one stupid, so he shouldn't have done that. But 
There could have easily been Van Rankin double. Someone was getting double oh, yellow definitely. in that game. It was just happened no, to be. Brown. That being said, I just want to say really quickly before I tell you guys my actual player to watch. It's not Efrain Alvarez. He scored a good goal, maybe goal of the week. He's not play. He's not player of the week. Get out of here with that nonsense. Jacob, All right, Lewis Morgan. Because uh, there's a as, rule in this show. There is a rule in this show. Yet last week we decided it was Carlos Vela because he scored a hat trick. Lewis Morgan does that, but in the first half mm -hmm. he should have had four. Look. What was the first half? What do you call a first half hat trick again? No, no, just a four. hat trick. Oh, a first half hat trick. No, there's is that a, first a natural half hat, hat or oh, something like that. I don't even no, know. natural hat trick is a right foot, a left foot, and a header. Oh. So, so yeah, let's look, come out with a first half Trinucci hat trick. played good. Zellerian played good. There was a lot of stand-up performance this week, but Lewis Morgan first half. Connor, hat what are we going to do if two players in one weekend have a hat trick? The player who has the best hairstyle. Oh, I was oh going to say fight to the death, but. That sounds that, sure. I like your, mine a little bit more. Your situation more sounds, sounds a lot better. So that was our that was our players of the week. All right, guys. Now it's time for for your questions. Please start sending them in. Now uh, we'll, it could be about we'll, anything. We'll anything soccer, that. anything MLS. It anything can be about bits. anything. Can I? Can What's I, a Gordy Howe hat trick? Gordy Howe trick is a, a goal assist in a fight. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. That's a good and one. and look, you taught Chris Lafferty in the chat. He did not Half know there trick. was a name for four goals. A poker. There you go. But that's a good name. It's that's uh, three goals and a half. It's not a half trick, but that's a great name. For I like it. Um, while they're coming in, and I don't mean to bring down the new the mood, but a lot of people were asking what our thoughts were in the Querétaro situation. Uh, Max and I talked about it. Max and I text all throughout the weekend. Uh, we talked about it. Uh, a lot of people were quick to have takes on it, and I told Max the only thing that I could think about were the people. Sure. Um, and the fact that it has still not been acknowledged by the Federation, um, by the authorities there. And for me, that's that's the biggest takeaway. And then, of course, the thought that we can't ever let this happen again. Now, again, a lot of those hot takes are saying, I can't believe this happened there or whatever. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it can happen anywhere. And I was seeing yeah. some, some MLS supporters, some high up MLS supporters saying, MLS, this is what we're worried about. Let's take security better. And I think that that might be the biggest takeaway. Yeah. Let's let's take the precautions necessary to really make sure that this never happens because it's it's unfathomable unfathomable that somebody could ever go to a sporting event and and not come home. Grotesque uh, images and the thing that's uh, th that is also very worrisome is the information we're getting. You know, there's the the governors of these states saying there were no deaths. And the fans that were there naming people who actually died in the stadium, they know them, they're in tears. So the information coming out is bad, and we've got to clear that up. And there's like some weird political situation involved about whether somebody died in a stadium or I don't know. It's really macabre. I will say when it comes to who to blame, we don't know. They want to blame the Federation. They want to take the 2026. I'll tell you who's at the top of the list to blame right now. It's Querétaro. It's their club. They're responsible. So if there's, if there is going to be some blame or some punishment, they're at the top of my list, and then it grows out of that. So they get on, get to work on this, because this is too serious to try and sweep under the rug. You can't sweep this under the rug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyone, anyone yeah, look, it, that? they got to shut it down in Querétaro. That's it. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happens next in terms of liability and everything else that that, that club is going to have to do to stay afloat. Doesn't matter. They they should not be allowed to be in Liga MX anymore. That's it. No. Yeah, it's tough. Tough. There, there's no segue from that. All right. So we'll no. try. We'll try to get one one good question here. Do you guys? And I, I I thought you did a good a, a good thing because we we did everyone on Twitter because hey, it's hard. We don't know what's going on because clearly we don't know. We need we need we need clarity. We need answers, and yeah, that's I'll the biggest you. thing, especially in the age of social media, when there's a lot of information out there. Making sure that you, you have real believe. information. Yeah, it the waters. So yeah. I'll tell you what doesn't fix it is, is Twitter. Um, all right, like I said, there's no there's no easy segue out of here. So let's just try to take one question. I'll let you guys choose from uh, two that I see here. One, one one from Caps. He wants to hear about the crew, which are I think are interesting. Or would you like to talk uh, about Isaiah's question, which is? Thoughts on the Rapids, Ooh, LAFC's first I opponent. Like now, again, this is not an LAFC show, uh, but they did take it to Atlanta, who a lot of people are high on. Uh, maybe take, do take, go take the the, uh, the Rapids question. The Rapids yeah, question. Maybe, yeah. I'll do the crew. You get Rapids, and he'll do crew. Yeah, that sounds great. Look, I, I thought the Rapids were going to be really solid, although they don't have that guy that scares you up front. So the fact that they were able to put three on Atlanta in the way that they did after LAFC was able to bottle them up for really the entire match, uh, I thought it showed a lot of resiliency for the Rapids. This is a club that has a lot of pride after last season. So I think it was a great step forward, a great rebound for Colorado, 3-0. Uh, much happier with this performance from them than obviously last week.
I just say, hey, thanks for putting the question caps. But I think Columbus is in a little bit of trouble here. Their big nine players are not producing, and that was a horrible result to take over the weekend. But we appreciate you because I think that's your first question. So thanks, Caps. I will say, Gomez, should USA play in Mexico? I'm actually going to be going to that. I match. believe so is our very own Max Bredos. I nixed it because I think I'm doing too much traveling, so I will not be going because I want to be here on Monday and Tuesday to do the shows. Good. So, and, and the answer is yes, they should play. Will they do it without fans? I hope not, because I'll be in Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. It should it, it should be on the table, but they have to do it. I, I mean, and those people talking about taking away the World Cup. Careful, careful it's what you're asking. It's too far down for. the line, yeah. and it's that's getting FIFA involved. We got to do the local uh, questions. We got to do FMF. I think Concacaf could get involved. Then you get to FIFA, but the 2026 thing and situation that, that's not on board right that's not on on the docket right? but that that you deal with that after and, this upcoming world and Cup. i just have a question max you brought up that that lack of information or misinformation coming from the cities and the federation how do we fix because it's that seems like one of the bigger problems to tackle out of all of this how do, how do you fix or even begin to address that well I, I, hercules gomez had a really good quote about that and there's a lot of things uh with with within Mexico where they don't address this and it's like that's it yeah so I think it has to come from outside that's why I think it's an opportunity for CONCACAF I think it's an opportunity for MLS to maybe talk about it because they're going to be in relationship mm -hmm. in the league's cup yep. and say this do not bring this to us this is something that you you have we have to talk about seriously before we really get in bed together as a collective here all right. On that note. Yeah, no, <laughs> he heavy, sub note. heavy subject all around, but we're, we're wrapping up here. So that's going to bring us to our stoppage time topics. That's our chance to, to rant about something in MLS this week. And Max Bredos, you're up first. What is your stoppage time rant? Could you remind me, remind me what it was again? I believe you had, I don't know, actually. It's not. Oh. Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yes. Oh, yes. Actually, this is, a, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear this. This is a good take. Fantastic what happened in North Carolina with regards to Charlotte FC. Uh, this was something they really wanted to do, and it's to be encouraged. Get as many butts in the seats. Make history, because when you make history, it's there until someone makes history over that. 75,000 is a huge number, and the images were great. And the tricky part now is keeping that market engaged. They haven't really done that with the roster build. The coaches said, Miguel Angel Ramirez has said things suggesting we're not really ready for this season. Two games in, although they played better in the second week, although the Galaxy were much better. It's not quite there. It's an expansion team. That's all right. You got the 75,000 in the gate. Now you got to keep them. And we've had so many things in the past. Well, I remember calling a game for the Red Bulls, and it was like 60-some thousand at Giants Stadium when David Beckham. It comes and it goes. It's got to have staying power or it doesn't matter in my books. And I'm not being critical of Charlotte FC, but you have got to build up this. Whether it's another 75,000, I don't know. It's a combination of a many things. Growing as a club. And another thing, when I see these things, and I saw it all weekend, when people say, hey, soccer's arrived in America. This is... <laughs> Where have you been? This is a great day. It's but arriving. It doesn't, it's a, it doesn't mean anything more in a better position. It's something that Charlotte now have built a platform. Don't let it go to waste. Build. Excellent. Hot was it right? Look, uh, you're the soccer OG for a reason. That okay. Yeah, All right, let's go to Connor. My stoppage time is going to be that Toronto FC is, in fact, still a contender for Wooden Spoon. I think <laughs> last year they didn't have a great season. I just don't think that they put the pieces that they needed to put together for an MLS He's eating his own. I've just saw that Toronto's spoon is turning to wood. <laughs> <laughs> was no, it silver but, before? Yep. <laughs> No, but 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 really, I just—I mean, I'm a somewhat Toronto FC fan, Casual. and I just—I just don't—I just don't see them being able to go the the marathon distance of an MLS season, and so just for that reason, I think that they're stooping down to the level of a, a Cincinnati or an Inter Miami this season. Ooh, they're not gonna like that. Take. There are no good uh, thoughts in the chat for you about going to Mexico, by the way. Right? Well, I know. I mean, That's I am pretty pissed. Whoa! Cold open. Whoa. Look at that. Whoa. that, that was weird. We did that on purpose. Yeah, that's me. Just to throw you guys off. Yeah. That's mine. Yeah, that was fun. All right, JR, you're up. All right, so look, Austin FC, you guys have had a great start to the season. Five goals against Cincinnati and their dumpster fire that they are right now. Five goals against Inter Miami and the discombobulated franchise that they are right now. Lots of production from lots of people. Things are looking up in Austin. 
relax, slow your roll, pump the brakes. Yes, you guys had two very good wins to start the season, but the schedule gets hot and heavy for you guys soon. And look, last year they lost five out of eight to end the season to really kill a lot of momentum that they had. They were kind of going for a, an outside playoff spot. So everybody in Austin FC, Relax. Ooh, Jay. Let's see how it goes over the next 10 <laughs> games or so. Just relax. Relax after uh, 10 goals and yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, but they do have to reassess and go. Hey, let's let's maintain yeah. this. I'm telling you, if LAFC scored 10 goals in uh, two matches, no, no one would ever hear the end of it. Yeah, I, you'd be bouncing around this set. If it, FC Cincinnati and Miami, they would take 10, 10 goals in a season at this point. <laughs> All right, here. here. Here's my I'm not pizza. It's not uh, exaggerating. A little foreshadowing. Here's my stoppage time segment. FC Cincinnati finds new ways to lose. 0-0 oh. uh, would have been a good result for an FC Cincinnati because they're would've leaking goals everywhere. Sheet. And it looked like they were going well on their way, but in the 95th minute, Jeff Cameron handball, 98th minute, Ola Kamara, the penalty merchant himself, puts them away. And like I said, they just find another way to lose. Man, I don't know what to do with that place. All I know is this. They have an incredible-looking stadium. And somehow the fan base is sticking with them. Please just give them like a modicum of respect, FC Cincinnati, because right now we are all kind of laughing at you and laughing at the ways you're able to do this. We think that you can pull it out because, again, you have the infrastructure. But as of right now, is there any more ways that you could possibly lose? No. And Charlotte, Charlotte, don't become Cincinnati. That's what I'm talking about. You're going to get 75,000 in a game. Cincinnati is the only team that is like able to break their own like losing records. They suck. That's what well, I'm gonna add. Geez, I will say, just in the in the chat, my favorite condiment, mayonnaise. I'm saying no, that's your favorite hot sauce. Do you like Valentina? Do you like Tapatio? Do you like something? His answer would mayonnaise. still be mayonnaise. Yeah. I'm just trying to infuriate. <laughs> I think you're gonna say your favorite comment in the chat because mine is uh, L Dizzles who said we we're doing a great job and name check Max Bredo specifically. Thank you so much. And if you like the show, share it with friends because that's how we can spread spread the love. And yeah, so thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, I can't. <laughs> mayo is pretty it spicy. Is. So mayo yeah. is pretty oh. spicy. That's why I oh, said put it. Put mayo on anything. It's not good for you. Don't don't you put it on French fries, Canadian? Oh, what? No, no. It's just me. It's gravy and Got cheese it. curds. Well, cheese wait, curds. Cheese curds. Cheese. You call mayo gravy in Canada? Man, no, it's, it's legit gravy. All right, anyway, we're gonna sort thank this out. you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back here next week. Sorry, Austin. Pump the brakes. <laughs> <Sorry, Austin. laughs>